promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak willed person I am. Don't regret this, Lord. I'm a wonderful person. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you really are my disciples. You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We are descendants of Abraham, they answered him, and we have never been enslaved to anyone. How can you say you will become free? Jesus responded, Truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. A slave does not remain in the household forever, but a son does remain forever. So if the son sets you free, you really will be free. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. This is one of those interesting texts in part because it comes up every year for us in the Lutheran context. This is John chapter 8, and it's a text that we get every Reformation Sunday. So every Reformation Sunday, uh, we, we uh, get the, the Romans 3 text we had yesterday, and then we get this, this John 8 text. And this is uh, coming after the, the place in which we get the, the story of the woman caught in adultery, and then Jesus talking about how he's the light of the world, and the fact that he was going to be uh, going to the Father, and, and his time was coming up. And then he comes to this to this place and he's speaking to part, a particular group of people, right? The, the Jews who had believed in him or had believed him, had trusted him. And these are the folks that saw him doing all the miracles, saw him uh, doing all the stuff, all the parlor tricks. And they believed him that he was someone special, that he was someone awesome. And their belief in him was that of that, that uh, uh, carnival trick Jesus, the one who has all these powers, who is able to do amazing things, which is a, a phenomenal Jesus, by the way, a Jesus who can walk on water and turn water into wine and, 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 and feed the 5,000 and heal blind men and uh, heal the lame and raise the dead and all these things. They're, they're, that's an awesome Jesus, right? But then he comes to them and he says a very small word to them. He says, if you continue in my word, or if you hold fast or abide in my message, what it is that I'm speaking to you, this, this, this news that I've brought to you, you really are my disciples. In the sense that, that we cling to it, we make a home there. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, there's two roads that we can go down on this uh, this text. Number one, truth. The fact that we live in a society that wants to get rid of truth, that, that truth means nothing, that uh, uh, truth is some sort of um, reality that we do not want to cling to because truth tells us that there's something right and there's something wrong, and we don't like that anymore, and so we deconstruct everything. 
We take everything apart or we just deny it altogether. We decide that something that was true in the past can't be true today because we don't like it. And so we're just going to throw it all out. That there are that there are no absolutes when it comes to things, except for that absolute that says that there's no absolutes, right? The other road that we go down is this question of slavery. The sun sets you free. You'll be free indeed. We'll hear in just a second. But it says the truth will set you free. We don't want to believe that we are enslaved to anyone. And so like these, these Jewish believers here, they, they push back. We are descendants of Abraham. We're, we're part of the Abrahamic covenant. We're part of the, uh, of the Abrahamic people. And we have never been enslaved to anyone. Now, the joke around that is, well, they don't know their own history. They don't know their own story, right? That they don't uh, know the, um, the story of the Exodus. The need for God to come and redeem. They don't, they, uh, don't want to, to recognize the traditions and the history that they have as a people. And I used to make that joke. And then I've been spending some time thinking about it. And I think for them, it's not that they're denying that, right? They're identifying with Abraham as their father. They're identifying with the um, with the word that comes from Abraham of a promise, that you are a promised people. They're holding to this promise of God, right? These are, these are people who are not necessarily saying that we are children of Moses, that we are children of the law. That they are holding to children to, to being children of the promise. And so they want to say that, well, no, we're not enslaved to anyone because we've held on to this promise that God gave to Abraham, that God will make of him a great nation and that he's going to be his God and we're going to be his people. And so they're holding on to that promise of, of the life that they have in, in what it is that God has said. And they're, they're trusting that. And so they want to say that we have not been enslaved to anyone because they, as a generation, have technically not been enslaved. They are a conquered people. They are a people under occupation. But their understanding of freedom and slavery was completely different than what Christ was getting at here. Because they ask him, how can you say you will become free? And Jesus has to respond. He has to tell them. And he gives them another brief little word. Truly, I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to, sl- to sin. And that's another thing that we don't want to talk about either, right? Sin, we tend to see as bad behavior. Sin, we tend to see as a list of do's or do nots. And that if we can just get that right, things are going to go well. And if if we can't, then we can just go to some sort of rehab facility. It's going to get better, and then we come back out, and we're good, right? Uh, the, the goal being to, to get us rehabilitated, uh, and, and then eventually we'll just stop sinning, or we'll at least stop committing that sin, or whatever the case may be. I actually had a gentleman in a Bible study in a previous call say, as we were talking about this, that he believed we would evolve our way out of sinning. Because his understanding of sin was what I do to you and what you do to me. 
and that we eventually are good enough of people that we will stop killing each other, we'll stop stealing, we'll stop uh, lying, we'll stop committing adultery, we'll stop doing all these things. And it's this utopian view of the human spirit, this utopian view of the world, that that's going to be the direction that we're going to be able to go down. There's nothing more heretical that we could be saying, because it assumes then that if we can evolve our way out of sinning, we can evolve our way out of Jesus, which basically says that Jesus is not of necessity, that, that his death on the cross was pointless. But also this gentleman had no understanding of the fact that sin, that, that murder, adultery, theft, lying, coveting, all those things are an outgrowth of not fearing, loving, and trusting God above all things. That that we can we can have no issue with saying that you know, oh, I'm a good enough of a person because I've never committed these tangible sins. And we never want to talk about that we are in bondage to ourselves, that we're in bondage to fear, that we are in bondage to anxiety, we are in bondage to frailty, and so we don't want to trust God ever. God gives us a promise and we say no. And so Christ comes and he has to declare this word of freedom to us. That a freedom that's actually going to happen. That it's not just a maybe possibly, but it's actually going to happen. And so he says it. So if the sun sets you free, you really will be free or you are free indeed. A slave does not remain in the household forever, but a son does remain forever. This, this um, thinking that, well, as you are a slave, you are someone who can be bought and sold and you can be traded. But the son can't be. The son is there. And so if the son comes to the slave and says you are free, then you are free. And it's a tangible freedom. It's a freedom of reality. And that is what Christ brings to us. We can't have a savior unless it's a real savior. A savior who actually accomplishes something. And so what comes to you today, church, is, is a reality that when Christ says you are free, you are free. You are free from this need to pursue righteousness anywhere else. You are free from this need to judge one another because you're worried that maybe they're better than you. You are free from all those sins you committed in the past that sit there on your shoulders like this gigantic 1,500-pound gorilla that, that, wants to, that wants to devour you. You're free because Christ has done it. That is what has come to you in the cross. And so you have the ability then to, instead of worrying about impressions you will make, instead of worrying about how holy you might be. Instead, you have Christ and his freedom telling you, you are free from all of that. Hold fast to him. Hold fast to that message of freedom because you are free. Let us pray. We pray to you, our Father in heaven, that you would not regard our sins nor deny our requests on account of them. For we are not worthy of anything that we ask and have not earned it. Grant us all through grace that we daily commit many sins and deserve chastisement alone. Help us also in our part to forgive and readily to do good to those who sin against us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
Well, church, go in peace. Serve the Lord. We'll see you this Sunday.